Audi. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast. I'm Lisa Francesca Nand. After a series of tragic losses, Mary Ellen Ward took a giant leap of faith and headed to India. Her plan to be there six months has now seen her there for almost 18 years, setting up the inspirational travel site Breathe Dream Go and also tour company India for Beginners. We explore the alternative music scene in Canada, her year with a film director in Tokyo, the healing power of a warm breeze on a dangerously open-doored train through the golden light of the Indian countryside, and also how, when your inner voice tells you to travel somewhere, you really should go. Mary Ellen Ward is on The Big Travel Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I am currently speaking to you from the south coast of Spain, from Malaga. Where are you? I'm in Rishikesh, India. So this is the um, northern India. What's it like? Describe the scene to me. Well, it's kind of raining, sort of, because now we have monsoon season. So the rain can come and go, but it can be very, very heavy. And um, Rishikesh is in the lower uh, foothills of the Himalayas. So it's actually right at the very beginning. Like it's literally um, from my rooftop, I can see the, the, the actual very beginning of the foothills. Like we're literally the very first hills that start to rise up and become the Himalayas. That sounds fantastic. Are you, what sort of place have you got there? I'm in a society, what's called a society. So I rent a flat in a, a proper residential, a gated society. It's almost one of the only ones in Rishikesh because this is a pretty small town. Um, but uh, it's, it's quite, it's a really nice place, actually. It's more of a high-end place. Um, unlike most of Rishikesh, which is pretty basic, it's a pretty simple uh, town. Um, it w- it's long been known as a pilgrimage center. It's a sacred city, and it's called the yoga capital of the world. 
I want to ask you how you got there, which makes me want to start from the beginning, uh, talking about your story, um, sure. which is I've just been uh, reading about and it's incredibly uh, emotive and, and sad and, and tragic and wonderful and everything at the same time. Why don't we start with what you currently do? I think that's a good place to start and then we'll go back in time. Well, what I currently do and what I've been doing actually since I first came to um, India in um, 2005 um, is I am a travel blogger and I have always been a, uh, I have a degree in journalism, so I've always been a writer. I've always been in communications. Um, but when I came to India, I was so inspired. I became a travel writer. I started a travel blog and that's one of the main things that I do. And then um, because I was online all the time and so many people, especially women, were asking me advice on coming to India, that it just seemed to make sense that I start my own custom tour company. So I started this company four years ago called India for Beginners. And it, we really do aim at um, you know people who haven't been to India before because it's a very challenging mm. uh, travel destination for newcomers. It is, absolutely. It's not always uh, easy, I find, traveling no. in India. No, well, it's not easy, especially at first, because, you know, everything is overwhelming. You have culture shock, your sensory overload, everything is different, everything's confusing. Um, and, and to have somebody just kind of hold your hand and help you and book things for you and be there for you and answer questions and get you out of any potential jams that you get in. I mean, I, you know, it's a priceless, it's a priceless service, really. So you also have Breathe, Dream, Go, your travel yes. site. Yeah, so that's my travel blog. When I started traveling in India in 2005, I started blogging, but this was actually before travel blogging really started. So I just, there wasn't really any travel blogs back then, and I just started on a shared site. And then, um, you know, the scene started to evolve. And in 2009, that's when I, st I started publishing Breathe, Dream, Go, and that's a travel blog and a website. And um, I focus mostly on my home country of Canada, India, and South Asia, uh, but mostly India. Most of my posts are about India because India is a place where people do need that extra help, extra tips, extra advice. And so I, I have literally hundreds and hundreds of blog posts um, about travel in India. And I hope that it's helpful to people and, and inspiring. I try to be inspiring. It is incredibly inspiring. I've been having a look and, you know, even the title Breathe, Dream, Go speaks of, of travel and the, the healing process that travel can be. So we better talk about how you got to this point, how, what took you to India and, and, and what were you doing before? So I, I'm, a, like I said, a, a writer, a communications press professional from Toronto, Canada. And I was, you know, working there. And unfortunately, I had a a period in my life when I had a lot of uh, rather tragic and devastating personal losses. And I've seen this happen in other people's lives too. It seems like everything happens at once sometimes. I'm certainly not the only person um, who's, I, I just felt like I had one loss after another over the course of a few short years. And I, I was just uh, completely done in, you know, by the end of it, I was depressed. I was grieving and uh, really looking for a way to get out of my depression and restart my life. I felt like I'd lost so many people and so much um, had left my life. And I was just casting around for, you know, some way to um, get out of this big rut I was in. And so one thing I did was um, 
I'd always wanted to do yoga teacher training. I had been studying yoga for a long time. And I finally said, okay, well, if I'm not going to start, you know, following my dreams now, when, when will I? I was already in my 40s and both my parents had recently died. And it just seemed to make sense to me. It was time to go after my dreams. So the first dream was to become a yoga teacher. And I was the oldest person and I was the most inflexible person in the group. But I was also one of the first three people to graduate from that course. So I became a certified yoga teacher in Toronto. And while I was doing that course, um, I became, I, I, this is a hard thing to explain, but it's a long story. But suffice to say, I suddenly became quite obsessed with India. And I, became, I, I, I had sort of a compulsion to go to India. I had a teacher from India who had a strong impact on me. And I felt this kind of compulsion to go to India. It was more than more than just a simple decision. I felt compelled to go. And this was, you know, this is one of those few times in our lives when an inner voice speaks very, very loudly. And it can happen to us at any time in our life. But my own experience is that when an inner voice speaks that loudly, you should listen and you should go. And even though I was nervous, I'd never done anything like this before. I decided I was going to heed this voice. And I spent 11 months planning, saving, packing. And in early December 2005, I got on that plane and I flew to India and I had a return ticket, air ticket dated six months later. And I really had no idea what was going to happen during those six months. This was, this was that, that, the classic leaping off the cliff situation. Do you remember that first introduction to India? Because it can be, you know, it's a feast of the senses, but it's also, even as a, a grown adult, it's quite scary. You know, it's quite scary and intimidating to be leaving your whole life behind like that and starting something completely new. Oh, yeah. And this is why so many people don't do it. You know, so many people dream about, you know, they, they want to follow their dreams, but when push comes to shove, you know, I think the minority is the one, you know, the it's, it's a very small number, I would say, who actually, you know, get on the plane. I almost didn't get on the plane, mm -hmm. by the way, because I got a bronchial infection, uh, some kind of bronchitis just before leaving. And I, I almost didn't get on the plane <laughs> as well. But I, I'm so glad that I did. And yes, I was very nervous, um, very nervous. And I'll never forget that flying into Delhi in the middle of the night and not knowing what was going to happen. That's a kind of a peak experience you don't have very often in your life, just a couple of times where you just put yourself so far out of your comfort zone that you just feel like you're, you're flying, you know, you're flying on a wing and a prayer. And, um, but I had a lucky break, a friend of a friend arranged for me um, to get picked up at the airport. And he drove me back. I had met him many years before in Canada and we had a mutual friend and he drove me back to his family home in India. You know, the families live in these extended homes. So he was there with his parents, his brother, his brother's family, the kids, his brother's kids, and of course, several servants. And um, so I went back to this home in a very nice area in South Delhi. And that was my soft landing. I got a very lucky break. I had a very soft landing. 
even when you arrive in India at the airport, though, and, and many other countries as well, but India has something, you know, sort of special and wild and crazy where suddenly you're, uh, you know, you're thrown into it, aren't you? People are trying to grab your bags and take you off somewhere. Yes. And suddenly it's like, oh, I remember the first time I landed. And my my dad's Indian origin. He was he was born in Fiji, but he's 100 percent Indian blood. So my family come from oh. India. And uh, the very first time I, I landed, I thought, well, people, you know, sort of know that I landed and a baggage handler went to me, Indian girl, and pointed at me. And, uh, you know, from then on, I thought, oh, God, this is going to be crazy. You know, and it, and it, and it is. It is crazy. Yes, it is ways. crazy. It's true. Absolutely. Was there ever um, a time you sort of felt out your depth, you know? I think the whole thing, I was out of my depth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's I, you know, I, my first experience in India was six months traveling around and it was a peak, the whole thing was a peak experience. The entire thing, I was so far uh, out of my zone, you know, um, but um, uh, I had an amazing experience. There was ups and downs, but to be honest with you, uh, I didn't have a lot of bad experiences. I I think I got very lucky. I had an amazing time. Um, I, and uh, even though I know there were times when, um, you know, like I got deli belly or, mm-hmm. I, you know, something happened, you know, something negative difficult happened but overall I, I now when I look back on it I honestly think of it as a magic carpet ride I, I I was so inspired by India I was so I was on such an adventure I was Alice in Wonderland and I'd gone through the you know the the looking glass and down the rabbit hole and I was just um, as a creative person um, you know I was I lit up like a Christmas tree you know what I, I was like I was so inspired by India. I began, I, that's when I began travel writing. I never did any creative writing or personal writing before. I was a professional writer, but I never wrote anything from my heart um, before I went to India. India is my muse, my creative muse. And so I just found the whole thing tremendously inspiring, especially, you know, I was now in my early 40s, mid 40s. And um, this experience of traveling for six months it cured me of my depression. It gave me a new start in life. Um, you know, I discovered I had an affinity with India. So India has become a second home. Well, now India is my my primary home at the moment. But I discovered a whole new world by, push, by pushing myself so far out of my comfort zone. You know, it's like you throw yourself off the cliff in the hopes that a parachute appears. <laughs> and um, this is incredibly um, empowering experience like it 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 emboldens you and it gives you a lot of inner strength and sure enough the parachute appeared I didn't hit the ground you know and then after some time it took me a while to process but I realized that the parachute was me mm-hmm. that I'm the one who saved my life and made sure I was okay and made the right decisions and um, had the strength and the courage and the wherewithal to be able to navigate this crazy situation. And that's, that is priceless. That is like incredible amount of inner strength that you get when you do something like this. Realizing that the parachute is you is absolutely wonderful. And, you know, when you talked about um, wanting to study something more, uh, a a softer, more, you know, religion and mythology and um, but going into, you know, something more practical, like like journalism, you know, you also speak about childhood uh, trauma and being rootless and passionless back in those days, which is an interesting way of expressing it. Well, I'm really glad you picked up on the the name of my site, Breathe, Dream, Go, because 
that there's a story behind that. And it was when I was at very despondent about my future as a writer. And I, I had, was at a writers and publishers and authors conference and everybody was saying that, you know, that all the, you know, the industry was drying up. This was at the onset of the, this was 2009 when the internet was just starting to really take over in a big way, but nobody had figured out how to make money. And people were very despondent about the future of publishing and writing and everything else. And I was too, by going to this conference, it really was a bummer. And on the last day of the conference, I actually didn't want to go back. I was so bummed out. And I went in the shower that morning and I was standing in the shower and all of a sudden I got this epiphany. It's my only work-related epiphany. And I thought, why don't I take my career online? If everything's going online, why don't I just take my career online and make a name for myself online? And then I, I honestly tell you that out of nowhere, these words, breathe, dream, go, dropped in my mind. Like I didn't think of it. I don't know how to explain it. It was like somebody dropped them in my mind, breathe, dream, go. And then I started thinking about it. And I thought, this is the perfect name for my site because it's like a mantra. And it's also exactly uh, mirrors my own journey. Now, I started doing yoga to get out of my depression. That's the breathing part. Then I got in touch with my dreams and my dream was to become a yoga teacher and go to India and then go. That's the travel part. I actually went, breathe, dream, go. And so I, I jumped out of the shower. I was sopping wet. I ran to the computer, you know, and, and opened the computer to search and see is if breathe, dream, go was available. And it was, it wasn't in use at all. And before I was dry, I bought the domain name. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that, how those work epiphanies can, well, even life epiphanies often happen in the shower. That was the beginning of the opening of your um, of your parachute. You were putting the backpack on, I feel, at that point. Uh, you talk, take me back a little bit further, because you talk um, on Breathe, Dream, Go about the time in your 20s when you were a part of an alternative music scene and actually bringing it back to travel. It sounds like you uh, you travelled a lot during that time, playing with people like uh, Duran Duran and uh, the Psychedelic Furs. That sounds fantastic well no I mean I'm not a musician I was just going to see these bands um and my travel back then was pretty much restricted to New York City and London I would say didn't really travel that much to be honest um but yeah I I have had my experience back in the day of following rock bands (laughs) a little bit here and there I did work in film industry for a few years in public relations and that was also a you know fun experience while it lasted and uh moving to Tokyo I do believe at that point oh wow you really did your homework yeah so I had the the opportunity to move to Tokyo for a year with my at my boyfriend at the time who got a job there and um I never thought because I didn't have a lot of self-confidence when I was younger and as you you mentioned earlier yeah I I was really out of touch with who I was and what I wanted and I didn't really think I had the right to dream and, you know, create the life I wanted. Nothing like that. I was just kind of going along with the flow. And I never thought I would ever get to Asia. I always wanted to go to Asia since childhood, but I never thought that, you know, that in my life I would ever get the chance to go to Asia. So that was quite amazing that I was able to live in Japan for a year. It wasn't one of the countries that I felt very compelled to go to, um, unlike India, but I, but still it was an amazing experience. And I, I, Every day was an adventure. And that's kind of when I began to discover how much I loved 
adventure and being an expat and being in Asia. That's maybe all, maybe a lot of seeds were planted on that trip, actually. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me what sticks out. Are there any stories that stick out from that time in Tokyo? Oh, that's a good question. That's a long time ago. But uh, I was just in a very lucky position where my partner was supporting me. And I was able to get up in the morning and, and, and just, you know, plan an adventure. Okay, today I'm going to get on the subway system and I'm going to go to this far-flung station and get off and see what happens. You know, it was like kind of like that. Or today I'm going to go and I'm going to find you know, a conveyor sushi belt restaurant in in Shinjuku or, you know, like I had this wonderful experience of being able to just wander around this unbelievable city that was like from a different planet. Yeah, I think that what's left with me was just what an adventure it was, how exciting, how different everything was and and how how kind of uh, difficult it was for me to understand. Like, why did the, why would the automatic, um, money machine. Why did they close at the same time as the banks? Mm-hmm. See, I did, that didn't make any sense to me. What's the point of having an ATM, you know, that closes at the same time as the bank, for example? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. We uh, in it, Tokyo. I mean, I, I I haven't actually been to Japan. I'd love to go to Japan, but I do hear that it's incredibly different to anywhere that many of yes. us have been to. Yes, yes. For for, for Westerners, I say, I I've heard that. Japan is the most different place um, that it operates in such a different way. And, uh, and I was there in the nineties, but even in the nineties, Japan was or Tokyo anyway, was way ahead of us in terms of sophisticated technology. What was, were there any negative aspects about living there? Finding clothes that fit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they make you, you know? feel massive, don't they? I remember I spent yeah, a few months in Bangkok. I'm not even that big, you know, like I'm not a giant person by any means. I'm sort of a very, very average sized person in Canada, but I sure felt like a monster in, in uh, Japan back then. Yeah, I had that in, I lived in um, in Thailand for a while in my 20s. I was working in Bangkok um, in a corporate job, but uh, just over there for a few months and exactly the same thing. They made me feel like a, a monster, you know, and I, I was yeah. probably a little bit, a little bit curvier than I am now, but certainly like no more than a UK size 14, you know, which is very average in the UK. And uh, yeah, there was just nothing, you know, absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. So what, how come you left? What happened? Oh, so that no, my I was with my boyfriend and he was working there and he ended up leaving that job. So we left. You talk about drifting from one job to another and one boyfriend to another. Uh, ruthless yeah. and passionless. I think that's something we can all relate to at some point, you know, particularly in your 20s and sometimes 30s as well. Also, yeah. you talk about um, some low times with depression and anxiety and uh, mention at some point that things got very, very low uh financially and you ended up visiting a a food bank yeah I mean I was in a you know really really terrible depression I I think I had three major depressions in my life earlier when I was younger and um yeah it's very hard to function when you're in a depression it's hard to keep things 
keep all the balls in the air, you know, keep the income coming in and, and all of those things. And um, that's quite a long time ago. It's hard for me to even really remember those days, but, um, but I'm, I'm very glad that I found yoga and that I found, uh, I also did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of gestalt therapy that helped me a lot found yoga, which I do every day. I do some form of yoga every day, whether it's breathing or meditating or something every day. And, um, you know, I found something that, that really impassioned me. I think, I think those were the three things that, you know, that really helped, helped me cope with, um, you know, the emotional problems I had when I was younger. And uh, I don't know whether maybe I would have outgrown them. I'm not sure. I think Sometimes when you're young, these problems are a lot worse than when you get older and more stable. But in any event, I sort of think of, you know, those as the three things that help me recover and, and then just become a more stable, emotionally more stable person. Although financially, my gosh, it's, it's never ending struggle when you're a creative. <laughs> that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where were you when you uh, visited the food bank? What, what situation were you in? Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm I'm actually trying to, it's kind of hard for me to remember. It was quite a long time ago. Interesting um, though. Do you think there's something about, um, uh, you know, not wanting to remember? I also noticed, I hope you don't mind me bringing it up, but only that I can relate. You said that your your best friend um, died um, and I lost two best friends, you know, in my in my twenties as well at the same time. Oh, and yeah. I think things like that really, I mean, I, I remember it people always comment on my memory I remember every single little bit about everything almost like it's in a movie of those times but um you lost your best friend as well and um you know do you think there's something about about trying not to remember I hate to force you to remember it yeah yeah uh well no I'm famous for not having a very good memory actually <laughs> right okay I get teased about it a lot by my friends mm. uh but uh I I, I trained myself to focus on the future and to focus on the present, well, to focus on the present really more than anything else and to think about the future rather than the past. And I don't think about the past very much. I try not to actually, um, mm -hmm. because I like to be very much in the present because, you know, that's what yoga trains you to do. You're breathing. There you go. Breathing again. And just, you're very much in the present. And then, you know, and I really love to sort of plan for the future, like plan trips or plan things I want to write or, places that, you know, I want to go with my career, things I want to accomplish. And that's kind of where I put my focus. Mm. And um, so maybe that's part of part of the reason. I don't know. But I, I, I am trying to I, I do remember it, but I just don't remember all the circumstances. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, one could say, actually, it's totally pointless, you know, thinking about the, the past anyway, but it does, it does shape you, doesn't it? People, a lot of people talk about the healing power of yoga. And I can't, I think breathing, I find breathing very, I find it very difficult, actually, <laughs> that sort of yoga, relaxation, breathing. So I'm my, my sort of exercise poison is doing weights, you know, I love doing weights. Um, but people talk about that healing power of yoga. And of course, going to India is a well trodden path for that sort of um, the yoga healing experience yeah and I but I think that you you know if you have some preconceived ideas about what yoga is or what healing is it can get in your way and I, I think it's better to just like let those preconceived ideas go and be just really open there's a there's a teacher I, I like very much who says yoga oh what's that what did he say he always talks about um yoga is about being with what is that is yoga 
that you're you're grounding into the reality of this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Western world, we have an idea that yoga is supposed to get us somewhere specific, um, whether it's a better body, a yoga body, or whether it's a state of bliss, or whether it's put your you know leg behind your ear or whatever. And that's not true. That's a that's a misinterpretation. That's that's a, a misunderstanding of yoga. And it, so a lot of people have rejected yoga because they think yoga is trying to get them to be perfect. And they don't understand that that's not the point of yoga at all. In fact, it's completely the opposite. It's about being very, just being very open to what is happening in this moment. So accepting this, maybe, accepting yeah. of, the, of the presence, you know, good and bad. Well, be, put it this way. I'm not, I'm not sure I'd use the word accepting. I think I'd use the word awareness. Hmm. So just being aware. Okay, so I'm sitting here and I want and I'm breathing. Okay, so what am I noticing about my breath? Well, well, my breath feels a little constricted, actually. So I'm sitting here noticing, okay, my breath is a bit constricted. Okay, so I just moved my, I sat up a little straighter. Okay, yeah, now I'm sitting up a bit well. straighter. Okay, <laughs> I'm sitting up a bit straighter. Now, now, how is my breath? Oh, now I'm breathing a little better. And actually, well, I'm noticing that my my chest is opening. Okay, so let me see if I can do that some more. Okay, I'm going to breathe and I'm going to open up my chest and let me see what that is like. Oh, okay, so that's actually very calming. I feel, wow, I feel calmer. My sh- shoulders are dropping. Well, that's very interesting. So it's moment by moment awareness. Hmm. I was doing it. I love, I'd love to know how many people listen to that and start doing the same thing. Because as you were talking through it, I, you know, I'm sitting up, my shoulders are back, my, more relaxed, I'm breathing better. Where have you, on your, on your travels, where have you, where, where have you felt happiest? Where is your, in, in a moment, like describe to me in a moment um, on your travels? Well, I think almost the happiest I've ever been in my life was on my first trip to India or my first several trips to India. Um, when I was very anonymous before I started, you know, blogging and becoming more known online, um, I used to love to just jump on a train, take a long train ride in India. And don't forget, when I came to India in 2005, uh, it was the very beginning of the internet. There was no social media, no smartphones, nothing like that. And so I would, I remember the feeling of standing in the doorway because they keep the doors open, you know, for ventilation. It's probably not safe at all. <laughs> anyway, standing in the doorway and the, don't tell my family. <laughs> standing in the doorway, hanging on to the rail, hanging on to the, you know, hanging on so I don't fall out. But, you know, and the, and the hot air flowing in and passing these, you know, very rustic scenes of rural India. And I'd be in the middle of nowhere and the train would be chugging along. And, and, I, and I realized nobody knows where I am. You know, I'm just free. I'm just out here having this amazing adventure. No one knows where I am and I'm free. And uh, that that's oh, very hard to put into words what, it, what an incredible experience that was for me. Yeah, I'm feeling it. The warm breeze, you know, the, the, the smell of India, the, the, the people, the sounds, you know, the, yeah. the golden light. Absolutely. I was just about to say the golden light. My God, you read my mind. <laughs> if people who haven't been to India, they may not know, especially Canadians. Like in Canada, it's such a northern country. The light is very bluish. It's kind of cold. Even on a hot summer day, the light is still kind of bluish. But in India, I guess because it's closer to the equator, uh, for whatever reason, the sun is very 
yellow and it casts this kind of golden patina on everything. And it's one of the reasons photography is so incredible here. You get these beautiful, rich scenes and bright clothes, and then you get this golden glow on everything. And, and it's almost impossible to take a bad photo of India. It is a feast, absolute feast of the senses, you know, and we haven't even started on the food yet. Oh, my goodness. If somebody wanted to study yoga in India, where would you recommend? Is there somewhere? I have I always visualise it somewhere incre- incredibly scenic in a hilltop station with people wearing robes and sort of wafting around in, in silence for a while, being very peaceful. Is there anywhere like that? Is that what it's like? Um, I suppose you could probably find a place like that. I think you'd, nowadays, you'd, you, I mean, as, as you know, the tourists boom and as the population increases, I think you have to go further and further, further up into the Himalaya to find those places because where I live, Rishikesh, used to be like that probably maybe 50 years ago, but now it's a very busy tourist place and um, it might be a good place to start. But if, you know, I think as you get more serious about um, yoga and spirituality um, you might find Rishikesh quite commercial but I think for beginners or people who've never been to India it would be a good place to start um, but you know people ask me all the time where to go and it's like it's impossible to t- tell some it's impossible to be like a spiritual matchmaker you know it's just impossible um, I couldn't possibly even you know I can tell you some places that I like and that I, I know I've been there and I think they're pretty good but, you know, we all have to find our own teachers and our own, um, you know, our own path. So I just tell people, just come here, try, you know, meet people, look around and find the, find the right place for you. Or the other thing is, you know, a personal, there's nothing like a personal connection. So either you have a yoga teacher already who says, oh, yeah, I have a guru in India who I love. Why don't you go and, you know, meet him? Or maybe you'll go to a teacher who uh, has come to, you know, from India to give classes. And that's happened to me a couple of times in Canada where I, I met Indian teachers in Canada and I, one or two of them that I really connected with. And then I ended up going to their ashrams or schools and studying with them. So I already had a personal connection. I think that's the best way. Um, I, and, and I know a lot of people look on the internet. I think that's the worst way, but um, I guess it's better than nothing. But a personal connection or coming coming to India and and just wandering around and finding finding your teacher. I, I would say those are the two best ways. Hmm. Uh, very brave, but exciting and ex- exploratory to just uh, get a flight to India and find out what happens when you get there. But I love it. How does this all contrast to your life in Tr- Toronto? Well, I actually haven't been in Toronto in over three years because I've been I got stranded in India because of the pandemic. And then um, India had a flight ban for two years. And, and so there was only the special bubble flights, which were super expensive. And now the, now the flight ban has been lifted. And for some reason, the flight costs have gone through the roof. Mm. And I literally cannot afford to fly back to Canada. Um, so I, I can't remember. You know, it's like <laughs> years since I've been in Toronto. And uh, I don't have a life there anymore. I have my siblings, you know, my family. But I don't really have a life there anymore at the moment. Mm, interesting, because pr- previously you were sort of based, you had a foot in both places, didn't you, for a while? I did, yeah, yeah, I did. And then I decided that I needed to uh, um, be in India to um, to build my business. I mean, I'm, 
trying to build my India for Beginners custom tour business. And I need to be here. I need to uh, find out what's going on over here. And I want to meet, I want to be at the airport when my travelers arrive in Delhi. There's many reasons why I need to be here to build this business. What was life like during the pandemic? A two-year travel ban must have, I would have felt very, very restricted by it. I mean, I did feel very restricted by our travel bans here. I I really struggled not being able to to leave. And also not just about leaving or going somewhere, you know, random on a holiday, but actually for me and for you too. But for me, it was all about being separated from friends and family and indeed people I love, but indeed places I love as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was all of those things. It was, I mean, I think... Um, most of us probably had some kind of shocking, you know, it was a shock to the, it, you know, yeah, for me, for sure, it, it shocked every, I, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's different for different people. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I think we all had a rough time and I think we were all in shock. But in, in my case, it did definitely affect every aspect of my life, mm-hmm. my personal life, my career, my living situation. Um, it had a very shocking effect. I mean, I was a professional traveler, travel blogger, building a business, all of these things. And everything just was decimated, you know. And, yeah, and then I was stranded here, you know, um, in, in Rishikesh. I'm very glad I was in Rishikesh because, I, you know, Rishikesh was never – the initial lockdown in India was considered the most rigorous in the mm. world, one of them. And it was very tough for the first couple of months, the whole country. But when things started to ease up um, – so from March till May or June, it was pretty rough. We, we were really in lockdown. But when things started to ease up, I think Rishikesh was probably one of the best places to be in the country because we were never in a red zone. We were never, we were never in a zone that had a lot of cases. So we always had a lot of freedom. We were in what was called a green zone. And so we had a lot of freedom. Like, you know, maybe I couldn't travel around the country, but I could certainly travel around my region, my, my district with no problems. And, um, you know, we have nature right on our doorstep. And so I think I, I was lucky. In, it's a small town, but I was lucky in the sense that we had freedom here, you know, whereas I know, I mean, like people living in a big city who might have been stuck in their high rise, you know, that would have been awful. So where can we find you? Where's best to find you? I'm pretty much every, on almost every platform. I'm called Breathe, Dream, Go. So I Breathe, Dream, Go on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, my blog is called breathedreamgo.com. That's my main, my main uh, platform. And then my, if you have, if anybody has any interest in coming to India, I'm really happy to help them. And my company is called India for Beginners. So the site is indiaforbeginners.com. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to ask you my last question now. Um, my last question is always about music because I uh, often find that music and travel go very much hand in hand. And obviously you have a, a history of uh, of being a bit of a groupie by the sounds of it as well. If you had to choose one song that reminds you of a um, a really memorable time and place of travel, what is that song and what is the memory? Can I pick a soundtrack instead yeah, of a song? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> So uh, as a longtime Apple user, um, I had my iPod with me when I came to India. Now I use my iPhone and I have my I have a playlist for India. And I, I love the soundtrack to the music to the movie called Water. It was directed by Deepa Mehta and my ex-boyfriend, actually, Michael Dana. He wrote the soundtrack to this Indian movie called Water. And I love the music to that. It's very evocative. It's very Indian. 
And I can't even tell you how many times I, I've been traveling around India on a train in the marketplace, listening to the soundtrack of Water, of water this, this movie. What's, what happens in the movie? Well, this is a movie that's, uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's really worth watching. Um, it's a movie that was set in India in the 1930s, I believe. And it's all about, uh, it's, a, it's like a home for widows, a, an ashram for widows in Varanasi. And it's the story of this child who has this marriage. She's a, it's a child. She's like literally a child. She's like nine or something. And she has this marriage to this man who dies. Um, I think like he dies the day of the wedding or something. And she ends up, she's just a little girl, but she has to go to this widow's ashram and live in this, in this um, home for widows on the banks of the Ganga River in uh, Varanasi. And it's quite an amazing story. That sounds fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the Big Travel Podcast. And absolutely, the next time I'm in India, I will definitely uh, be uh, looking you up. Thank you very much for having me. It's been so much fun talking about all of this. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Travel Podcast. We're back every two weeks with a brand new episode. So see you then. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.